It's Erin, Karen, and Juliana, and this is Confessions of a Former Fangirl. The podcast where two former fangirls try to turn a fake fan into a real one. We're back, baby. <laughs> we're back and we're better than ever. Oh my gosh. Um, we're back and we mm-hmm. had to come back full force. What you, the listeners, don't know is that we took a little, like, couple weeks off to go, you know apartment searching found a nice Mm. a nice little spot but you know since this is our return we figured we had to bring like a guest and not just any guest a guest that you know she's an actor she's a musician she's a singer like singer (laughs) from new jersey she's hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) new jersey representation in this zoom (laughs) But she is so freaking talented, and I'm so excited not only to be able to call her a dear friend, but for her to finally be able to be on this podcast. Listeners, it's Gianna Perfano. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. Wow, what an an introduction. (laughs) Thank you for that, Juliana. You know, Um, I certainly tried. I'm excited to be here. We're so she goes in with the guest introduction. I do. I am mm-hmm. famously, allegedly, America's number one hype man. So yes, um, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. Um, I know you've done photo shoots for me, so I know that you are. <laughs> oh yeah, number one hype man. <laughs> you know what? I try. If you um, need to feel supported and loved and cherished, like just call Juliana, <laughs> and she will hype you up. Listen. I should honestly start putting rates on my website because I think that, that could be a good service that people need. Anyways, back to our lovely guest. Um, Gianna, would you like to tell the people Sorry. what? <laughs> my goodness. He's so loud. <laughs> Amazing start. Amazing start. Good job. Good job, everyone. Okay. Uh, Gianna, would you like to tell the people? what today's episode is about? Sure. So today we are talking about the Fab Four, the lads from Liverpool, the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Beatles. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we're very excited. Um, We are very excited. I didn't know that their name was the lads from Liverpool. That's very appropriate. I, you know... I figured I'd go with it. <laughs> Honestly, there you go. great idea. I like it. <laughs> but before we talk about the lads, let's go to Confession Corner. Confession, confession, confessions, 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 confessions. Wow. Doo-doo-doo. If you it's don't been... know what Confession Corner is, <laughs> it's the segment where we talk about our obsessions of the week. Mm. Um, and as Karen was going to say, it's been... <laughs> It's been a while since we've recorded, so I feel like the obsessions could, there could be a wide range mm. um, based on what has happened in popular culture since we so left. So much. Yeah. So, so much. Truly so much. Um, yeah. But does anyone want to start? I have one. <laughs> go, Karen. Okay, go, you go ahead, Karen. <laughs> okay. Um, well, my overarching obsession is... Um, this apartment that we have that I'm <gasps> Yay, very, very excited about. Um, <laughs> I am the only one here right now, and it is so bare. It is, like, <laughs> it is just, there's just, like, my bed, and that's it. Um, but that's my, like, big obsession. But also, mm. like, I do feel I have to mention, um, 
Montero, parentheses, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. Um, song and video really created a dialogue <laughs> this past week, uh, shall we say. And I just think, like, he just understands the internet better than any pop star alive right now. Uh, and you mm. can really tell. And so, like, he's more equipped to deal with conservative backlash than anybody else would be. And I'm so excited for him like i just think that it's it's such a ride to watch him like clap back on twitter um so i do stand little nice <laughs> yeah, it's like nothing can no one can get to him he like has a comeback no. for everything he's been so prepared to do something like this that it's like yeah nothing phases him it's amazing except for maybe this nike lawsuit like- simply iconic to give satan a lap dance in hell <laughs> and then kill him and, and take then kill him and like take his horns like yes obviously which is honestly arguably could be um like the journey or like the mission of christians to kill satan you know what i mean so like anybody that criticizes him he's like subversive i'm I'm literally like (laughs) killing satan i'm doing the good work so but i think like taking over his throne is would maybe be a step too far Mm -hmm. that's fair that that implication is that he then becomes satan oh oh yes 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 Um, yes 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 little details little things no i feel like i'm in like a fine arts class right now you know what i mean yes yes yes. that's a good point good point i know that in one like were i were i in a theater studies class right now we would absolutely be talking about (laughs) dissecting it yeah let's let's like take this apart yeah wow that's a good one karen anyone else I also I'm drinking. I hope I love that. that. Get a little loosen up a little bit. Congratulations. <laughs> um I have one and I feel like I'm kind of exposing myself a little bit with this obsession. Um okay. but I am fully like what's the word I'm looking for? Um if someone recommends something, I will probably check it out is the thing like I'm so susceptible to someone being like this is really good you should listen Mm. to it you should watch it you should read it Mm. and that is very true of book talk um which is like the reading the book reading community on tiktok um I've bought like I've bought I bought like at least three or four books on tiktok recommendations at this point and um, mm-hmm. my obsession this week is no exception, and I think it's very fitting for this podcast um, because I was reading a lot in the beginning of this year, and in the past like month, I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit. So I've been like wanting to get back into reading. I want to read something like fun and light. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna bite the bullet, <laughs> and I'm going to buy Red, White, and Royal Blue. <laughs> Yes, Erin. Yes. And it wait, is. Wait, wait, wait. I finished it. I, I finished it today, it. Karen. The whole time I was reading it, I was like, Karen absolutely needs to read this, and I will be giving it to her to read <laughs> yes. after I'm finished. It is basically a fan fiction. Um, okay, work. It's a romantic <laughs> novel, and the premise is that it's sort of like an alternate universe, but it's supposed to be like to present day. The son of the United States of America, or the president of the United States of America, <laughs> He's the first son. And the prince of England fall in love. 
and it's so good. <laughs> and I've, it's been it's enemies to lovers, <laughs> and it's also like forbidden romance because they're like the first son and a prince of England, and it yearning. It, it's so say. it was. I finished it today. So it was so good. I loved it so much. Um, I really think they should make it into like a mini series. And it was just like mm-hmm. so fun to read. And like that's my shit. Like enemies to lovers. Like uh Yeah. I see it all over TikTok and I know. <laughs> no, every time I've, I've seen it, I've been like, oh, it's something it's that I love. just a fan fiction. Um, but it's it's I know, yeah. I had so much fun reading it. And it's like current and like uses like like current like young adult like language and like references without feeling like cheesy. Um, which I was like, that's imp- mm. that was impressive to me. <laughs> um, nice. It's that's hard, hard to do. honestly. I read it really fast, and I loved it. <laughs> Once again, a successful recommendation from Book Talk. <laughs> so yeah, wow. and I'll let any of you borrow I've it. Never once. <laughs> I'll oh, bring it I to the apartment. <laughs> Wait, I just I just got that it's like book talk, not talk <laughs> like you're speaking. Book yeah. okay. Talk. Yep. Yep. I don't have a There's TikTok. Lots so of we there you go. Okay. Need to get you on TikTok. We need to get you I on TikTok. Yeah. You need to get on That's there. Okay. That is a okay. Yes. No, I also have never been on tic- uh, book talk because I am uneducated. <laughs> and going into my um <laughs> obsession of <laughs> It kind of fits right in with that because my obsession of the week is um, reality television as a whole. I live and fucking breathe reality television. It's so fucking good. Um, If I wasn't anything besides like a chef and an actor, like Mm -hmm. I'm actor, you know, and then if I wasn't gonna be an actor, I'd probably want to be a chef. But if I couldn't be a chef, I would definitely want to be a reality TV producer because I would be so good at that shit. Anyways. My obsession is I'm rewatch or I rewatch mm. the circle and there's this guy on there Seaburn. named Seaburn and <laughs> he's so funny. They're having this comp and he for those of people that don't know the circle is basically like they have all these contestants and they're in their own isolated rooms and they are playing this like new social media device called the circle. And you can either be a real person or a catfish. And you basically have to play the game with all these different um, players. But you're all in your own, like, room. So nobody can see each other. They just see, like, the text that they send or the pictures that they post. And they basically have to vote people out with popularity, etc. But they can do group chats and, like, have all these games and stuff. So there was this one, I guess, scene, you can call it, where Seaburn was with and he was catfishing as his girlfriend, Rebecca. And he was in this girl's chat. And um, they were, one girl was like, oh, I'm, um, my period cramps are so bad today. And his face just was like, <laughs> drop, mouth dropped. He was like, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> like he did not know what to do at all. And that, like, he, his reactions are just that could so funny the entire time um <laughs> and then like they're all talking so about like funny. their period like pms symptoms and then he says something really <laughs> weird and they're like oh and the other girls are like oh i didn't know that like that was a symptom you could get no what <laughs> he like, says is he was like my left side hurts really bad <laughs> and anyone who menstruates is like just your left what? side <laughs> just that <laughs> and but, like, there were other, t- like, he had this, um, 
big stuffed bear that he named Sir Bear Bear, and he would talk to this big stuffed bear that he got from this guy that he was flirting with who was also a catfish. And, like, they were both, like, I feel so bad doing this. Like, they're getting real feelings for each other, but they were both catfishing, and one of them was married, and the other guy was Mm -hmm. Seaburn. So, ugh. I just love so reality funny. television. <laughs> There's also a really funny clip where they're playing like a trivia game and they're trying to guess um, who the third Jonas brother is. Like it's these two guys and they don't know that his name is. And one of them How is do like, you I not don't know, know, Mike. <laughs> and it's really funny. Oh, yes, what? Mike Jonas. No, well, but didn't they have Big Mike? Wasn't he like that was the, the like bodyguard, bodyguard who also rapped on? Yeah. So are they wrong? They no, close. but he was like, it was. It was also, like, a picture of the Jonas Brothers, like, like late 2000s, like, 2008. Yeah. And this guy was, like, I don't know, Steve. <laughs> Steve Jonas, Steve. finally. <laughs> Steve. So funny. Uh, Steve. Oh, wow. The, yeah, The Circle, highly recommend. Also, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, their trailer drops today. Jen Shaw of mm. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was filming and then got arrested by the federal government while filming craziness i just love reality <laughs> tv it's so good. yeah anyways gianna do you have okay. one i do have one Ooh. and it's pretty exciting so i'm a musical theater person i've done musical theater since i was five but i had never seen glee <gasps> i'd never watched glee but then and over the years people have been like you need to watch glee you know, and I was like, okay, sure. And unlike, I think Aaron said, I don't watch when people recommend <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't watch it for 10 years. I'm just like, I'll put it on my list that I don't have. And, <laughs> and but I listened to your episode on Glee, and I was like, it's time. I had just finished watching Mr. Ooh. Robot, which was like a total mind-blowing, like, oh, yes. traumatic experience. So good. But I was like, I need something simpler. <laughs> and Glee mm-hmm. is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced <laughs> It's so much fun. I'm on season two. Yes. Yes. I'm so enjoying it so far. This is so exciting to hear. All of our jaws dropped at the same time when you said Glee. (laughs) We were like. (laughs) (laughs) This is great too because I'm also, I'm re-watching Glee because I have nothing else to do. And I'm also on season two now. So we can chat about your favorite Oh my gosh. I just (gasps) saw the Rocky Horror episode. (gasps) One of my faves. Oh, so good. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing uh, so far. I'm really having a great time. And I just saw the episode where Kurt does a <gasps> version of I Want to Hold Your Hand. So beautiful. Like, this is so beautiful and heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, <gasps> oh, Kurt oh, is... Yeah. Ugh. Welcome to the Glee universe. I'm, I'm so, so glad to be you. here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my obsession of the past week. So and glad to hear it. Honestly, hell yeah. Also want to reiterate, not only is Gianna a musical theater person, but she's a phenomenal, phenomenal musical theater performer. Just performing, Gianna. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> it's very true. And you know what? That's how we're going to end Confession Corner. Hell yeah. <laughs> so let's jump right in, shall we? Yeah. Yes. yes. Amazing. Um, so do we want to like talk about the brief kind of like facts about the Beatles before like yeah sure yeah yeah we threw yeah we threw a few things together um but it's (laughs) 
Aaron did it's, all of those. I did it to cover the past, <laughs> like, to cover the past, like, what, seven decades of content? Like, yeah. It's kind yeah. of impossible. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, the basic knowledge that everyone should know. Um, because I, I feel like it's sort of impossible to not know who the Beatles are. Mm. But if somehow you've been living under a rock, the Beatles are an English <laughs> rock band. <laughs> Formed in Liverpool in 1960, they are regarded as the most influential band of all time. Um, their best known. I love that. Lineup, that is a fact. I know that is a fact. Not <laughs> up for debate. Not it's up true. for debate. <laughs> is it a fact via it's Wikipedia? True. It's a fact via Wikipedia. Great. Let's move on. Therefore, it's true. Highly regarded source, <laughs> known to man. Um. And I like how they put it. Their best known lineup consisted of Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. Uh, because sort of when they first started out, there were some kind of other members. Um, mm-hmm. Oh. oh. Which I, I, Gianna knows. <laughs> That's why she's here. <laughs> um, and what else? What else? What else? Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I can talk a little bit about some. They had... Initially, uh, Stuart Sutcliffe playing bass when they first started out. And they also went through a succession of drummers, including Pete Best, before asking Ringo to join them in 1962. Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> a sweetheart. I'm going to probably be speaking in a very bad <laughs> British accent for a lot of this episode. I think we all, we all might. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much to say. I mean... They, as their popularity grew into intense fan frenzy dubbed Beatlemania, the band acquired the nickname mm. The Fab Four, um, with other members of the band's entourage sometimes given the informal title of The Fifth Beatle. Um, by early 1964, the Beatles were international stars, leading the British invasion of the United States pop market and breaking numerous sales records. I thought this was really interesting. I didn't know this. So... Their success led to a massive sales increase in popularity of the album format. So before them, really like singles was what sold the most and were the dominant form of recorded music. But because of the Beatles' success, like albums were what became like the most dominant Mm form of recorded music which i thought was super interesting that's so interesting that is really interesting i didn't know that um yeah and so the group broke up in 1970 um and all four members enjoyed success as solo artists afterwards they are the best-selling music act of all time with estimated sales of 600 million units worldwide they hold the record for the most number one albums on the uk albums chart most number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and most singles sold in the UK. Which is crazy. Damn. <laughs> so, yeah, there they <laughs> received seven Grammy Awards, four Brit Awards, an Academy Award for Best Original Song Score. Um, oh. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988, and all four main members were inducted individually between 1994 and 2015. And in 2004 and 2011, the group topped Rolling Stone's list of the greatest artists in history, 
Time Magazine named them among the 20th century's 100 most important people as well. So, holy shit. That's where we will begin. <laughs> what a place to start. <laughs> yeah. They're just yeah. fucking legendary. Like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll say just at the top that, uh, Obviously, I know who the Beatles are. I know a lot of their music because it's hard not to. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I know that they have a lot of, like, current day teen girl fans, but I don't really know much about that aspect of their fandom, Mm. shall we say. Um, Mm. So I'm excited to learn (laughs) what exactly it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gianna, Gianna, I have a question for you to begin Oh, I was going to say, a few episodes ago, we talked about um, giving the Beatles the title of boy band, <laughs> and I would <gasps> oh. love to know how you feel about that. <laughs> I mean, because I, I listened to that episode, of course, because uh, um, I'm a big thank fan. You. <laughs> um, a friend of and, the pod, Gianna. <laughs> and, I, and I think in terms of the way that you were defining boy band in kind of that discussion. I wouldn't consider them a boy band, um, mm. honestly. Um, because, again, to me, boy bands were more about the vocals and dancing, whereas mm-hmm. they were all incredible musicians, and that's why I love them so much, is because they were all such multi-talented musicians. Um, but maybe if I was alive during the time, I would have seen them as a boy band. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like it's it's a different conversation talking about the Beatles than talking about, you know, the Jonas Brothers or One Direction because <laughs> we were not alive when the Beatles were together or even when some of the Beatles were alive. We yeah. were not allegedly. Like, alive. Allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cannot confirm. Um, so I think it's hard to kind of have that same um view of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas with One Direction things, I mean, I was one of the One Direction fans and I saw them as a boy band, but I don't know. Maybe it, it has to do with the history and all the um, like acclaim surrounding the Beatles where I'm like, oh, well, they're not a boy band. But yeah. I guess at the time, yeah. they were a boy band. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would say I don't I think, think of them as one, though, mm-hmm. personally. Mm. Yeah. I, w- I think that probably a lot of people don't we are going to be resistant to the term boy band for them just cuz i think like like we said in the boy band episode it kind of has a derogatory mm-hmm. connotation mm-hmm. um and they were such like incredible influential musicians in their own right so they had like lasting power even after their time as a band mm. so that's also kind of i think it separates them from boy bandum because a lot of the times after the band's done, most of the members just kind of fade away. And there's like one that becomes the star. Yeah, right. But like with the Beatles, that that was not the case. Right. And I also think <laughs> um, the thing that's really interesting with the Beatles and comparing them to other boy bands is that like you could say all these other boy bands were following this formula or this blueprint or whatever. But like the difference is with the Beatles is that they literally were like we're going to write the formula, we're going to write the blueprint, and (laughs) created this thing that was, like, kind of an easy copy and paste situation for um, people to take advantage of and create this money machine later on that was not um, really concerned about the longevity that you guys have been saying um, about the Beatles, or 
the longevity of the Beatles. There we go. Mm-hmm. English. <laughs> <Awesome>. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really glad that you started out with that question. Karen. That's such a smart question. Oh, thanks. It is. Um, I, this is another sort of boy band inspired question, um, for you, Gianna, as well. Do you have a favorite out of the four? (laughs) Okay. I, I figured this would be asked. So I kind of, the answer is, I guess, no. Mm. I feel like I, I lean towards John Beatles songs. I think there's something about, you know, he has a lot of self-deprecation in a lot of his songs, Mm. which relatable content um, <laughs> um he, has, he you know i'm a loser is a song and i feel that um i i think george harrison is the one who i love his solo career so much so i would say mm. in terms of solo career i like george harrison i would say paul mccartney is you know probably my favorite in quotes just because he kind of was the leader of the group and i mean he's an absolute living legend yeah and just, I'm really inspired by his work ethic and just how multi-talented he is as a musician. But who would I want to get a beer with? Ringo Starr. <laughs> I think he is the most delightful human being and he needs to live forever. Um, so I love, I love them all for different reasons. But I guess Paul? But I, I really don't know. It's a very hard That's question. Fair. Do any of you have favorites? Of the Beatles? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Well, here's a fun story. The first concert I ever went to was a Paul McCartney concert when I was 10. So jealous. Um, (laughs) With my dad. And I had the time of my life. And probably I would say Paul, but um, Mm. I don't know enough about them individually to really make that call. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say that I also kind of don't have a favorite because I don't honestly know that much about them because the way I was introduced to the Beatles was that it was, um, it was middle school and it was kind of this overnight thing of like, all of a sudden, all these kids that I knew, knew all these Beatles songs and I had no idea what they were. And so rather than like, have curiosity about what was going on, it was kind of like a weird like, I know this Beatles song, bro. Like, <laughs> but, like with band kids. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, <laughs> so it became kind of like a weird thing where I was like, I like Hey Jude. Like, <laughs> you know. I heard it in a car commercial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think that they're all, the thing that's so cool about them is that they're all, like, very different and very legendary in their own way. Um. I will say my biggest exposure to them was, um, I think it's Hard Day's Night, the movie that we watched. Shout out to Mark Fryer. <laughs> Shout out. For listening. <laughs> Gianna, I adore him. Gianna and I met, allegedly, when we both studied abroad in <laughs> London, um, and we went, <laughs> we took this film class, and we watched Hard Day's Night, which is this, like, made-for-TV film that the Beatles did. It was their first one. They made a they bunch did of movies. Yeah. 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 It was their first one. Yeah, and they uh, we talked about it a little bit in the um, history of boy bands, but they would, like, do all these, like, shenanigans, basically, and say, like, wh- say stupid stuff to reporters. Mm. So, like, I think it was John or Paul, Some a reporter was like, oh, well, how are you finding America? And he was like, well, you take a left at Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, John. Just, like, stupid, yeah. like, stuff like that. And so... Him, for that reason, I think is funny. But also, I know that he was just, like, shady later in his life, so. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because 
I, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about this question. Mm. I feel like Paul McCartney is the most loved, but he also gets the most mm. hate because people kind of blame him for everything in the Beatles kind of towards the end. But again, I, I think it's because he was probably the most precise and I, I to me he's like the most hardworking of the group. So I feel like he's the most loved, but he also gets a lot of hate because people like to hate on what's mm, popular. Yeah. Um, mm, that is and true. what's mainstream true. That but is true. yeah mad respect for for all of them and i love them all for different reasons mm. um yeah rooney what about you well, um, I feel like- i'm i'm a big fan of george i don't know why i think because when i <laughs> love george i think probably because he wrote something and that is like one of my favorite songs ever um and when i like okay it's confession time I did this show in eighth grade that was probably not legal to do. Um, <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. I'm so I was excited for this. The theater company that I, like, took acting classes with and did shows with in middle school, our, like, acting teacher, he was, like, the cr- creative, like, or he was the artistic director of the of the group, of the program. He is, like, a huge, mu- like, a huge music fan. He's a musician himself. Like, he loves classic rock like huge music guy and obviously loves the Beatles and so he he like created this show for us to do that was called all you need is love dot 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 and the Beatles and it was basically (laughs) it was based off of (laughs) there was a Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas that was yeah called Called love Love, that was set to yeah the Beatles and so he took the track list from that show and then we just did it as a show and so we sang all the songs um so it was sort of like a musical review type of deal and so that's and I did that in eighth grade so that's sort of when I learned a lot more about the Beatles and like became familiar with some of their like not lesser known music I wouldn't say there was anything in there that like nobody knows at all but like I became a lot more familiar with some of their less, like, popular, like, mainstream stuff. And, yeah, so that's when I learned, like, something. And it was, like, right before. That was when I was in eighth grade. When we were in ninth grade is when The Perks of Being a Wallflower movie came out. And in that movie, um, uh, what's it, uh, Charlie gives Sam the record of something. Um, and so everybody became obsessed with that song <laughs> when that movie came out. But I was like, I learned this song last year, actually. Um, <laughs> before it became popular. Oh I learned gosh. this song in eighth grade. <laughs> I, discovered I discovered this song. As we know, Aaron allegedly discovers <laughs> before things they're before popular. they're famous. She discovered George Harrison. I discovered George Harrison. Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, there was, this, yeah. Um, there was someone in the cast who was like a huge Beatles fan and she was like, I need to have the solos for all the George Harrison songs. And she got them all. <laughs> um, I mean, she was also very that talented. Would, that so it was like, me. she was like, all the George Harrison songs, I'm going to sing. Um, so, <laughs> and so that's how I learned that George Harrison wrote something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was a wild, that was a wild experience. I don't, probably wasn't legal for us to do that, but we did it. Um, and it was so fun. That's like my dream project. It was project. so fun. Like, wow. we just covered all... And it was really, like, the um, arrangements were really interesting. Like, they'd throw in... Because we exactly followed, like, what they did in the Cirque du Soleil show in terms of the music. And they would throw in, like, the opening chords of 
one song and then immediately go into a totally different song which was really cool and like little stuff like that and like acapella arrangements it was really cool I don't know if it was any good because we were all like 12 and 13 and 14 Babies. But it was super. I would so kill small. to see that. Where's the recording? Oh, I have the DVD. <laughs> I will not see the light yeah, of where day. Is it? The bootleg, <laughs> the slime tutorial. <laughs> yeah, that was like um, my major. Speaking exposure. of that kind of stuff, um, Gianna, how do you feel? Is there is there a lot of like fan material about the Beatles? I mean, I know that there's like famously like across the universe and other stuff, but is there sort of like fan fiction or anything? <laughs> um, Yes, obviously. Um, I'm sure but- <laughs> there is fan fiction. Oh, there is. I wouldn't know personally, but there definitely is. In preparation for this episode, this is a confession. I uh, <laughs> went on um, AO3 and searched for Beatles fan fiction. There's a lot of John and I'm Paul sure. fan fiction. Yeah, Mick Lennon. And with- Mick I'm Lennon. sure there's some Starison in there, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh Mick Lennon. There it is. Mick Lennon. There you go. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, yeah. the Beatles are too much of a popular phenomenon for there not to be fan fiction about them that's what i figured but i was i was just curious because they were i mean obviously the point of this podcast is for us to talk about different fandoms and the ways in which they work but i feel like the internet and internet popularity is like a huge part of some bands quote-unquote boy bands success like obviously one direction um we talked about a lot and um and deservedly so um but i'm just wondering like how the the change and almost the journey from it being beatlemania to the growth of the age of the internet and what that fandom looks like today um i don't know if you have any input to that gianna or have any yeah um i mean I, I, I'm a big meme <laughs> fan, so shout out to whoever is the admin for Beatles Submarine posting on Facebook, so I'm in, you know, the meme groups, oh, that kind of thing, so there's definitely, like, that type of internet culture for the Beatles, mm. um, but as opposed to it being a lot of, like, young teen girls, it's, like, lots of you know, 25-year-old men and women, you know, just people... Like, we're all around, I feel like we're all around the same age, like, just making memes. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like the culture is very much, like, let's shit on the Beatles, even though we mm, love them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is a we love to mock I... our own fandom. Yeah. <laughs> love. Love that. Um, and I, I think it's cool because I feel like the pressure to be, like, super obsessed isn't there. Like, I, I feel like when I was getting into, like, One Direction and stuff, I was always intimidated by people that knew more than me or were, like, bigger fans. And people like, well, you can't be a fan because you yeah. don't know this. Yes, but because, like, have. because none of us were alive, no one, like, we're all, like, come on. We're all, like, 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, so it's it's very cool. And, I don't know, people share, like, their covers or just really, mm-hmm. like, wholesome stories about, you know, their connection to the Beatles. And it's, like, really, really fun. Um, it's just, like, a fun, funny fandom to be part of. Um, there's lots of material, uh, mostly because of a certain Ringo star always giving <laughs> us the quality meme content. Um, there's a famous video called that we call like the No More Fan Mail video. Have, no. Has anyone seen this video? No, no. So I think this was like years ago, but he, Ringo Starr posted a YouTube video 
where he was basically like, guys, after the 20th of October, I will not be signing any more fan mail. Like, because he was just done with fan mail. But he's like, I'm warning you with peace and love. No more fan mail will be signed. And like, it's the funniest video on the planet. So yeah, there's just like a lot of funny. I encourage everyone to look up that video. It, it makes me laugh. It starts in will- like zooming out from his face. Like, it's so funny. Um, yeah there's a lot of just like funny it's funny and wholesome and people are just really appreciate the music but also love to shit on them as well which is a good time oh my god we'll definitely do that a follow-up question yeah to this which is i feel like in a lot of ways like the beatles feel untouchable to me because they're just so like it's just so widely accepted that they were so culturally important and like important to music and like the evolution of music um and I feel like a lot of that like feeling is upheld and maintained by these like music bros who just get very pretentious (laughs) about it you mean all the music Um, bros that want to be John Lennon yeah 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 um those so (laughs) is do do you like come across a lot of people like that or is it mostly like like a wholesome thing like you were saying before I feel like there's a I mean not that I know what everyone is like who's in the group or whatever but Mm -hmm. I it's it's very diverse in at least I mean gender and part of the world and things like that I I feel like the most people that I see make fun of people Mm -hmm. like that but I'm sure that people like that exist in the fandom Mm -hmm. um of course (laughs) but yeah I, I feel like it's less like that than I would expect it to be which okay. is kind of cool. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that makes <laughs> But me I know happy. the exact person you're talking about. I love that I called that out as I'm wearing like a hat because it looks like John Lennon. Like, <laughs> no, I I'm love ca- it. I'm calling myself out. Um, <laughs> I also love that your, your setup with the Beatles. Oh, oh what, is that a thank you. pillow have, in the background? I have a t-shirt. T-shirt, there you go. And I have my Beatles complete chord song book. Amazing. Um, you know, just, <laughs> you came prepared. just getting, getting in the vibe. She yeah. is prepared. Oh, we love that. An actor prepares. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have another question to ask you. Um, sure. More so about your journey um, with the Beatles. How did you discover them? And what was it about them for you that was like, oh my God, I love this so much. And I really want to be a fan of them, a dedicated fan. Yeah, um, it's interesting because again as I said before I live (laughs) under a rock and I really mean that sincerely because I I I don't have the typical experience where most people say oh like my parents listened to them so I would listen to them in the car you know I listened to them as a kid my parents like didn't really listen to the Beatles um so and so I wasn't really exposed to it when I was young and until relatively recently I was the kind of person that kind of just had the interest that other people had and was like oh yeah like they introduced me to this so I like this group I didn't really like have my own sense of taste or I I don't know I I didn't find things on my own Mm. and strangely enough like the Beatles were a thing that I kind of found on my own and kind of later in life too it was kind of the same thing as Juliana like I knew some of the songs I knew who they were but I I hadn't sought them out really until freshman year of college I did a scene where I was playing a girl who was like Beatles obsessed she was like a teenager so (laughs) me now 
Um, <laughs> and at the beginning of this scene, she has to be singing Ticket to Ride and like dancing around her room. And I was like, what is Ticket to Ride? I don't know what this is. So I bought it on iTunes and I accidentally bought mm. the entire Help album. And I was like, great, there's $10. <laughs> Bye for this album that I've never heard in my life. Um, so I listened to that and I was like, oh, cool. Like, I like this, but I don't get why they're like the best band in the world or anything. Because um, yeah. it was kind of like their earlier stuff. Mm. So then it, it really started for me when I went to London, honestly. Before yeah. I went, I started really listening to them. And I think just like people were like, oh, are you going to go to like Abbey Road? And I was like, maybe. Like, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I really started listening to them. And again, shout out to Mark Fryers, getting to finally watch one of their films. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I found some comfort in their music at a time when I was really having a hard time when I was in London or... I don't, maybe it was just like right place, right time to feel impacted by them. But I was like so fascinated by the whole history and just, I wanted to learn everything about every song. So yeah, I, I kind of just really dove into it. I wrote an essay on the Beatles for that film class instead of writing about movies. I was like, I'm going to write about music. And he said, cool, great. <laughs> and yeah, and it kind of just continued from there. Um, when I got home, I started learning all the songs on guitar and listening to the Beatles channel on Sirius XM and all the interviews and just kind of became obsessed with learning as much as I possibly could. And it's kind of inexplicable. Oh, that's <laughs> that was so a special. long summary. I know. It's just inexplicable. Like, I just listened to it and I'm like, I just, I know that they're probably not like the best, like they're not the best thing in the world. Like there is good, there's other good music. But for some reason, I just really click with it. Well, you know, I can't you know they're, it. they're pretty close to the best um, terms of bands. But, like, I, uh. I totally get people that are like, oh, they're mm. not really my thing. And I'm like, that's totally fair. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know what it was for me. Mm. Just clicked for me. And I was like, yeah, I want to uh. be a fan uh. for the rest of my life. That's uh. so cool. I love that you say that it's, like, it's so tender, inexplicable. Because I feel like we talk about that a lot on this podcast of, like, the feeling of loving something but not being able yeah. to really like articulate why you love it mm, um yeah. it just so is. that's very relatable and and it's it's cool kind of having it be something that I came to in early adulthood um because it, it just feels like maybe some maybe I wouldn't have connected with the music if I had heard it earlier mm-hmm. but maybe now there's just certain things that I'm like wow yeah I don't know what it is I just really I enjoy listening to it and learning it on different instruments and yeah, mm. it just brings me joy every time. So mm, yeah. yeah. I think that it's like so important also to like right time, right place, especially like just in random parts of my life. Like the other day I was like driving and I thought about something a teacher said to me like two years ago and I was like, mm. I finally get it now. And like that but like there's nothing better when you hear a lyric or like hear a song and you're like like that is exactly what I needed to hear at this exact moment yeah Um, exactly just like so cool like I remember being on one of the double-decker buses it was our last day in London which is the same day I went to Abbey Road but I was going across town to go to that thrift store to get a blazer because Juliana knows we all had to get blazers in London I went on the last day and I was on the bus and I was feeling like every emotion about leaving and I just had like a hard time I was just feeling it Me and, you and, both. and help came on which I always was like oh this is like a bop song and then I actually listened to the words and I was like this is like a again a cry for help and it I don't know I'll just never forget that 
and like looking at London and I don't know it's just one of those you know yeah (laughs) is it how is okay let me figure out how to word this question yes um Mm. no it's like talking so much my goodness yeah literally we we, (laughs) that's why you're here (laughs) this is literally why you're here don't make me go Um, into my hulk voice anyways um (laughs) i so i like always think it's interesting that um bands and like things that were that had their heyday before we were alive have like a huge fan base of people who are our age because so I see a lot of like (laughs) a lot of younger like very young One Direction fans being like oh my god I can't believe that people got to see them in concert I can't believe people were like fans of them when they yeah. were still a band and that makes me feel girls who are like 10 12 13 like I can't believe there are people yeah. who got to see them live we're like you're so lucky that you were a teenager in 2014 like they're like no, in 2014 I was seven no, and you're like that's wow. wild I didn't even really know that yeah you're like oh my god um but I imagine that, like, it must be difficult to, like, be such a fan of something that, um, like, its heyday is kind of in the past. Does that, like, how is that for you, interacting with it? I feel like occasionally I'll get hit with the sadness that just comes with, you know, I, I have this thing, like, if there's an actor that's passed away or, like, a singer that's passed away, I have a really hard time listening to the music. Sometimes it hits me and I'm like... This yeah. person sounds so alive in this moment when I'm mm-hmm. listening to this and just Ugh. knowing that they're not, it's kind of beautiful because they're preserved in that way, but it's also really, really hard. Yeah. Um. So I think in that way, it is challenging sometimes. And I'm sure, especially for people that, you know, grew up with them, that's must be really hard. Mm. But I feel like it's almost kind of, it almost puts you at ease knowing that it was so long ago because you're not caught up in the almost like the turbulent moments of it like when one direction broke up when we were all like you know i i feel like having the distance kind of i don't know it's special in its own way because you're like wow how lucky am i that this happened before but i get to still enjoy it now and and i and i feel like especially for the beatles there's so much there and especially having two of them still alive the content kind of will never die like there's a movie coming out this summer called Get Back. It's like another oh, documentary cool. film about them that like people are really excited about. And Paul McCartney's releasing his first, I think it's his first book called, I think it's The Lyrics, wow. 1965 to Present. And because people have been wanting to write an autobiography and he's like, well, my songs are kind of an autobiography already. Wow. So it's kind of going to go through all of his songs and there's just always more stuff coming out that really connects you and you're like, well, I'm excited mm-hmm. to be part of this now um and and because they influence so many current artists i feel like you know they're they're alive and well in every person that's making music because they fell in love with the beatles you know know. i'm literally gonna cry (laughs) i don't know if that answers the question but i think there is something kind of beautiful about having the distance between them and because, you know, I, I don't look at them as like, oh, this boy band where, like, I had a crush on everyone. It's very much like, I just am like, wow, what incredible musicians and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind no, of that's, cool. Yeah. Though I do that's wish true. I could have seen them in concert, of course. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that, I think that is also, like, a definite distinction between 
what it's like to be a fan of boy bands like One Direction and what it's like to be a fan of the Beatles is that there's a lot more appreciation of the music <laughs> um, in the Beatles fandom, I think. Uh, <laughs> whereas with One Direction, it's much more about like their personalities. Um, mm. And and I think it is really cool because it kind of connects you with some of maybe the older people in your life. Like last summer, my boyfriend and I <laughs> shout out Jake if you listen to this. We did shout like out a, Jake. we we did a and like I was always like I'm never gonna do cover videos and now I'm like I just want to play and do videos and stuff. We did a cover video of a Beatles song and like so many people that I shared it with that are like older, like grandparents, that kind of thing. They're like, this brought me so much joy. And like, they were so happy to see young people like still loving music that they loved when they were growing up. And I'm just like, it's really kind of sweet. (laughs) And I hope that there's something like that for us when we're (laughs) older too, that kind of like connects us to the younger. Like, what are they going to be liking that we like? Oh God. (laughs) TikTok dances? Oh my God. Megan the Stallion? Megan the Acoustic covers of body. (laughs) I don't know. Anything's possible. (laughs) It really is. But that's so sweet. I. uh, This is so tender. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the Doctor Who fandom in that it kind of spans generations. Mm. Mm. Because we talked about in the Doctor Who episode that it started in like the 60s and it's still going on today. So it's like people of all ages can kind of get into it and find connection there mm. it's really cool totally mm. so i have a question that's kind of in a different direction um spicy that i've been thinking about and here it is <laughs> so obviously like they're the music of the beatles is obviously the biggest part of their legacy but i think another huge part of like the lore of the Beatles is like all these conspiracy theories <gasps> and stuff like Fall. that. Like, I mean, stuff about all the drugs they did, playing uh-huh. their records backwards, and like all that crazy stuff. And I, I just wanted to know like what your experience with finding kind of that as, as you became a fan <laughs> and like dove deeper. Did you um, encounter those sorts of theories and? Even like the drama and, and like Yoko Ono, the Yoko Ono of it stuff. all. The Yoko she Ono. She gets way. She gets way too much hate. I agree. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not even controversial. I think that's so just, too. Yeah. Kind of people have accepted that that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite conspiracy theories is: Have you heard of the fall conspiracy theory? I don't no. think so. No. Okay. <gasps> Wait. So, maybe actually yes. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Do you, you Aaron? You know what I it is. I think so. Surprise! Surprise! Wait, should I say what it is? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Maybe this is not what it is. But isn't there a theory that Paul died and he was replaced? Yeah. That's did he, so. Is it that he fell off a roof and died or something? Or why is it called the fall? Well, it's fall because it's fake Paul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Amazing. Paul McCartney. So the theory is that uh, Paul McCartney actually died in a car crash in 1966 <gasps> and since then has been replaced by an imposter that we call Fall. Oh um, my and God. Fall has actually been the one doing everything. That's the theory. And it was weird. I had to look up where this started and I actually have it, I think, from a Rolling Stone article. Apparently, like, there was a DJ on a radio show and, like, an anonymous caller was like, 
play the intro to Revolution 9 backwards. And then he heard Turn Me On Dead Man. And then there were like other clues from songs. And people were like, wait, putting all these together, like Paul is dead. He died in 1966. And and people like keep finding clues like on the Abbey Road album cover. They're like, his foot is not in sync with the others. It's because it's because it's fake Paul. He's not real. Oh, my God. And then I think in one, he's holding a cigarette in his right hand. They're like, well, the real Paul was a lefty, so that's not real Paul. I don't know <laughs> if people crazy. actually believe this, but it's I'm a thing. sure people do. I'm sure people do believe it. I just I think like it's so funny. It's amazing. 1966 is so early for that to have Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's his whole life. <laughs> like, that, like, that means that Fall wrote Blackbird. I think that oh means Fall God. wrote Eleanor Rigby. That's crazy. Whoa. Well, so then in that case, Paul. like, I feel like Fall is real Paul if he's been alive <laughs> for, like, this long. Exactly. You know? it's, exactly. It's so crazy how how conspiracies like that have continued to just go throughout the entire music industry. Like, obviously, there's a very similar theory about Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I was just about to say, yes. Wait, I don't know there's about There's a theory this. that Avril oh. Lavigne died and was replaced by a lookalike named... Michelle? Melanie? Something with an M. Something like um, that, yeah. Wow. And who was like, who was a stand-in for her at some events because Avril would be uncomfortable and then she actually died and so then this look like became a complete replacement. And there's just like all wow. these theories that people just like dig into lyrics and just pull what they want from them. Mm. Yeah. Similar to like, yeah. there's also a theory that Harry Styles and Taylor Swift committed vehicular manslaughter. Oh, yes. manslaughter. <laughs> this is gonna get me mm-hmm. mad on the podcast. <laughs> no, listen. I was about the fall conspiracy theory reminds me a lot of the Harry Styles Taylor Swift vehicular manslaughter theory because it seems like something that like some people take seriously, but a lot of people say as a joke. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the fall conspiracy theory is huge. Like it's it's so pervasive. I feel like it's it's like a very known thing. If you're into the Beatles, like there's a, there's theories that Paul died and was replaced. I have no idea. It's yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's so, so interesting funny. to me. Also, how like the Beatles can be so mainstream, but also like so mm. weird. <laughs> like, I mean, and yeah. then obviously in their later years, they did so much experimentation and like, I, I just thought it was funny that you mentioned of course, that Revolution 9 is like a big part of the fall theory because I remember when I was in like sixth grade, our like math, my math teacher was like, guys, listen to this weird song and played us Revolution 9 and we were all 12 it's and we were like, what good. is this? This is, a str- not good. this is the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's bad. <laughs> Controversial yet brave, but is it controversial? <laughs> yeah. It's bad. I think so. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of songs like that where they're just kind of a meme yeah. at this point. Um, Revolution 9 being one of them, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. Were the Beatles kind of like... Um, because I know the playing backwards records thing is something that I... Um, a muggle have heard before <laughs> about the Beatles. Um, Me too. <laughs> but is that, is it, were the Beatles kind of like Taylor Swift in that aspect where they would like put these little Easter eggs for their fans to find? Or did they kind of just like unintentionally do some stuff and then like keep unintentionally doing things? Or did they unintentionally do it one time and then they were like, oh, 
this is working for us. Let's keep on doing this sort of thing. Yeah, I don't even know if I have a solid answer on mm. that. Like, I don't know specifically, but just from the way, like, they seem like they were, I feel like they didn't do them on purpose. I feel like they were very much like, we're going to do what we want to do, and you can do with that what you will. Mm-hmm. I feel like fans probably just found stuff. I think more often than not, it was just them having a laugh, yeah. you know, or doing something mm. that they were just like, oh, this is fun. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how much they really thought about, like, at a Taylor Swift <laughs> level of like, oh, I'm going to put this in. Mm. Um, I think it's more like over time, people have just, you know, dug through them and found things. But that could be completely false. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> we need to grab the soundbite of you saying, are the Beatles like Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> to make people mad. <laughs> I mean, Paul McCartney and Taylor Swift did like an interview oh, or like a Stone. photo shoot together a couple months I ago. And that. I was like, this is the most iconic. Yeah, parents. it's super yeah. cool. This well, is the I, good timeline. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, huh, they're both really talented songwriters. So like I assumed that. But now it's like, oh, Hmm, the trickery and the tomfoolery. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I was thinking because Paul McCartney, very highly anticipated, released McCartney 3, which was mm-hmm. like an album mm. last winter. And he did like, I think there's a version of the album where he has like people kind of covering the songs. And I was like, oh, is Taylor Swift going to do one? But she's oh. not on it. And I was sad. Disappointing. Um, but I was sad. like, is this like a thing? Aww. And it wasn't. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> But I- iconic friendship yeah. right there. Are they, like, confirmed friends? I mean, it seems like it. It definitely seems like it. I think, yeah, Taylor Swift has a lot of very powerful music yeah. industry friends. Like, <laughs> I think from sense. that photo shoot, like, her boot was stuck, and she's like, friends help you get your boot off or something. And I was like, I want Paul <laughs> to help me get my shoes off. <laughs> so sweet. Gosh. Yes, very wholesome. So then there's the whole, we don't have to dwell on it, too much but there's the whole there's the yoko ono of it all um (laughs) and uh the sort of demise of the beatles um how do you feel about all of that like what's your take on it i mean again i feel like there's so much information out there and like i can't possibly have listened to everything or read everything Mm -hmm. um i do think because one of the first things i knew about the beatles before i knew anything about them was just like the Yoko Ono thing of, you know, the the girl who breaks up, you know, the bros band. Yeah. And mm. I mean, I mm. think she gets way too much hate for that, or she did at the time. Um, yeah, I think, again, because they were all so talented, I think that's why they had to break up. Because mm. they were going in their own directions. And I think, you know, that's really what it boiled down to is just, you know, they wanted to do their own thing. But and I, and I also think there were so many positive moments during that time period that were like, oh, the end of the Beatles was so dark and awful. But why I'm really excited about the movie that's coming out is it kind of shows like a lighter side to their kind of mm. final recording mm-hmm. days. And the fact that there was still a lot of love between all of them and they did really respect each other. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think it is such a mixed a mixed emotion situation um, yeah. because they all deeply loved each other and I think that's why it was so volatile. Um, mm. Yeah, but again, I wasn't there. I'm not a little <laughs> scholar. True. But um, I, I think there were a lot of different things and people just like to blame Yoko Ono and be like, oh, well, it was her fault. Um, yeah. Yes. There is a funny story, though, about, I believe during the Abbey Road, I think when they were recording Abbey Road, 
I guess George had like a packet of biscuits and there was one left and he like left it sitting on the table and Yoko Ono ate the last biscuit and he like freaked out at her. <laughs> Which is oh like the most God. British thing on the, the last planet. straw. So yeah. You ate my biscuit. Gianna, take my fucking biscuit. <laughs> I'm like, George, me too. <laughs> me too. I get it. I do too. Um, yeah. I do That's too. That's funny. <laughs> but I think it is really special that they kind of did. Re- <laughs> I think it is special that they, they did kind of reconcile before um, mm. John. I mean, at least John and Paul did reconcile before John's passing. Um, oh, yeah. Good. And I think the legacy is that they all really did mm-hmm. love each other and respect each other as musicians. But mm. definitely tensions were high. high. For sure. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Um, sort of bound to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine with that amount of success that things are like all awesome <laughs> all of the time. Um, <laughs> um, but before we wrap up the meat and potatoes of this segment, unless anybody has anything else they'd like to talk about, I just have one final um, question. I just, I just have a, one thing. Okay. I just need to mention it before we end that I saw yes, Ringo please. Starr um perform when I was a senior in high school um which was crazy that I got to go to this performance for free he was on tour I, it's Ringo and his all-star band um and I loved him he was, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I interned at this like uh performing arts center and they do a gala and he was the gala performer so I got to go and um I just have to say like because we were talking about you mentioned how Ringo's kind of a meme um and I he is like a walking meme and he performed he did a cover of Africa by Toto and I was like this (laughs) is everything amazing I love him Um, so I just had to throw that in and confirm that Ringo is in fact a total meme (laughs) <laughs> the meaniest song that has ever existed. But I encourage people to look him up because he's 80 yeah. and looks wonderful. Crazy like that I want to age like Ringo Starr. I saw him. He gave Billie Eilish oh one my of God. her Grammys um, this past Grammys, and he looks good. Special. I'm like, good great. for you. I, yeah. He's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Wow. Um, I guess my final question is, what's your favorite Beatles song? Ooh, can you do a song or oh album? Oh gosh. I also An figured album? this would come up. Oh, or both or album or okay. if you have like a top five <laughs> top like gosh however. oh this is so difficult um I feel like it changes and mm. I feel like this one is both less known but also could be overrated I guess but I really love Norwegian Wood I don't know if you know Ooh. that song it's so beautiful it's from Rubber Soul which I just really like Rubber Soul <laughs> right now I'm just feeling Rubber Soul mm. um it's a very simple song but there's something about it that's so the lyrics and the relationship in the lyrics is so complex and beautiful. And George plays the sitar, which is <laughs> exciting um, because I, you know, I love that. And he's like, I've never really played sitar. And I'm like, and this is beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> Imagine being that talented, like how Paul wasn't even the bass player originally. And they were just like, well, we need someone to play the bass. So will you do it? He's like, I guess. And now he's like <laughs> one of the best bassists of all time. It just shows how talented Casual. they were. It just shows wow. how talented they all were. Yeah. But yeah, Norwegian Wood, I think, is one of my favorite songs. I love mm. Nowhere Man as well, also from Rubber Soul. Uh, Day in the Life is absolutely I legendary. That's known as being Day the best the Beatles song. Day in the Life is amazing. Um, yeah, I, it's so hard because there's so many good ones. Um, yeah. 
We I should love, do yeah. we should do a like Beatles song poll thing. Oh yeah, yeah we should. should. We can get this out, but we should just do like, what's your favorite Beatles song, and have people submit. Oh yeah, yeah, as yes. a question. Yeah, I would love that. Yes, Perfect. I love hearing people's favorites and like why it's their favorite, and because mm-hmm. people have great stories associated with all the songs, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, I love it. There's wow. one that Paul did, like separate from the Beatles, Band on the Run. <gasps> Love so good. What is that? Okay, I'm okay. Yes, because I used to listen to that all the time with my dad. I love that song. Um, It's a great song. Really good. I love some of their solo stuff, especially George. Like all things must pass. That's an amazing Mm. song. An amazing album too. But yeah, I love it. Cool. I won't go into it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tender. Yes. Um, Yes. 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 So now I think it's time for us to go scoot on over to controversially upbraid all right this is (laughs) (laughs) so this is controversially upbraid thank you to eric andre for coming up with that fun little slogan (laughs) it's the segment where we say a controversial yet brave statement about the topic that we just discussed um does anyone want to go first this is a tough one this is tough. This is a really hard one because I don't know. I don't know if I have like a controversially a brave opinion. Because I feel about... like I feel like they're so popular that every opinion's been had to the point where yeah. are they controversial at all? Mm. Exactly. Um. Mm. Mm. This is so hard. <laughs> I know. I mean, I have one. I don't. Again, I don't know if it's that controversial or brave. But I think, like, like I said before, the conspiracy theories and the drama and everything that went down, like, that part of their legacy has created, like, a huge contribution as to why they're still popular today and is a huge (sighs) part of, like, I think the intrigue of young people. Because obviously, like... They're really? legendary. Everybody knows Here Comes the Sun. Like, everybody knows All You Need Is Love. Like, there's songs everybody like that everybody knows. Um, but, like, I think, like, because I remember I went being 10 and, like, my brother and his friends, like, being on YouTube searching, like, the Beatles backwards or, like, played backwards, like, and listening <laughs> to, like, because you can go on YouTube and people have will just have it like songs played backwards so on there right. and like i just think i don't know that might be that i think like their story besides music and like the more controversial stuff has kept them mm. like relevant and interesting i mean obviously their music speaks for itself so- but i don't know no, yeah. but then I guess my follow-up question is, so is the key to longevity controversy. <laughs> music plus controversy, or is it just controversy? Mm. You know what no, I'm saying? I think like, I ha- there has to be substance as well. Because if you're just controversial, like, then you're, then you're a, a reality, reality TV, TV star. Exactly. Or, like, or... <laughs> and Juliana goes, wrong what's wrong with that? that? that think of, no, like, there's nothing wrong with that, like, but longevity. Like, yeah. I mean, this is a totally yeah. different situation, but, like, YouTubers who have done controversial things, and it's, like, 
like will maybe never ever have a career again because of things they've done like and Mm. no one will give them the time of day because why would you Mm. when they don't have anything else to show for themselves besides like controversy that gained them because if all you do is controversial then you have notoriety you don't have like real fame real like Mm. deserved fame you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. any of that yeah. made sense. <laughs> no, it definitely does. Yeah, I think does. that's the kind of stuff that keeps like the fan the fandom in quotes, like kind of what we think of as a fandom alive is is all of that that type of content um that people then can make jokes about and talk about and speculate about. Yeah. I, I and I think that. as we move into mm-hmm. I mean as we move into modern times, as we've gotten to the year twenty twenty one, uh public opinion shifts as well. Like, I feel like mm. back in the day, like, everyone was like, Yoko Ono broke up the band. She's a horrible bitch, whatever the fuck. <laughs> and now, like, I see a lot of people on the internet being like, um, no, like, lay off. <laughs> like, you're all just saying this yeah. because because Maybe she's a woman. Not- <laughs> and she- Maybe that's um, not yeah. just it. And yeah. so I think also that's really interesting to see, like, opinions shift and change and getting new perspectives mm. on what went down in the past yeah, yeah. so i think i have mine. one <laughs> if, if you're ready i was i feel the same way about yes. fall that i do about larry stylinson in that elaborate <laughs> same one right now i cannot wait to see where this analogy so, goes like larry stylinson is to I, fall I as just, think that I I have more of a real I have a problem with people like I think being so invasive about other people's lives in um unless they're like like famous people um because I think that like to a certain extent like musicians their job if in their purest form is like to play music and to be really good at that sort of a thing and I think that like there's just like this sometimes conspiracy theories like are like reward a violation of privacy that I don't think is necessarily right um or like they reward the the more entertaining things without really considering the harm of the things that are very entertaining. And I think it's one thing if you're like a reality TV star because someone is literally coming and filming your life. Like it is mm-hmm. not Bravo's fault that Jen Shaw signed up for a reality show when she was literally running a cross country scam. <laughs> but like, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, and she's great television, so I hope that she stays on the show allegedly. and like things work. Like, and like in reality, that is very sad. But I think it's a very different thing when it's like performers and like yes as like a celebrity it's part of your job to have like a certain um a certain um public appearance and public figure and go Mm -hmm. out and do these sorts of things but I think that a lot of times people don't really consider other people's humanity for like and violate their boundaries because they either like claim that they love them so much or they like are the real fan I guess Mm. 
I think that that's my heart of the issue with it, that like only the quote unquote real fans know that Paul's fake or only the quote unquote real <laughs> fans know that like, and then it's like, no, it's just like a violation of privacy um, in a way that is like there is not right in my opinion, but that's how I feel. But that's just how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that conspiracy theories, we could go down a whole wormhole mm, about those. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think That's it's fair. also important to, like, make a distinction of, like, Larry's also very different, as we talked about in the One Direction episode, because yes. of, like, in, in a lot of different ways, but also because of, like, how important it is to some people, and I don't want to, like, disregard that at all. Um, and I think that there are some times where I'm like, oh, this is, like, fun. Like, we all know this isn't real. It's yeah. fun. Like, the, yeah. the yeah. like, where it's a joke. But I think that there needs to be more clear boundaries of, like, this is a joke versus, like, okay, now we're taking it a little too far. We can just reel it back in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reel it back in. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, because I think it's also, yeah. like, important to not police people's joy. Um, especially mm-hmm. with a thing that they love so much. Anyways. Wow. I, I guess do you I, have one? Yeah, I guess I can go. I guess I kind of have a couple, but I don't know if any of them are really that controversial. Same all. I guess the most Ooh. controversial would be that I don't like Helter Skelter. Oh. And I know that's a very loved song of the Beatles because it was kind of, you know, they saw other bands doing this heavier rock thing. And Paul's like, oh, we're going to do that too. It just sounds not right to me. <laughs> With Paul, like, being like, when I go to the... I'm like, no, like, you're sweet. Like, I know that you're versatile and can do whatever you want. But I, I'm not a Helter Skelter fan. Um, I don't get why it's so beloved. Maybe it was revolutionary. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the White Album in general. It's a double well, album. Like that so there's- is definitely controversial because I feel like the White Album is well, the one that is people say is their Popular. favorite the most. Yeah, yeah. I... I'm, I think Revolver is one of people's really big favorites. And I've also seen the White Album. It's a double album, and I only like maybe, like, five or six songs. Like, <gasps> I'm going to, like, say that kind of. And, like, I can appreciate the others, but, like, I don't like listening to it all the way through. I'm wow. not a White Album fan. Um, yeah, I would say that's one of them. I Another one is, we didn't talk about this, but in one uh when he was talking about Obla oh, Di Blada, great. We love that song. John called it granny shit. So that's another thing is we love Paul's granny shit. Mm. And I love Paul's granny shit. Yes. When yes. I'm 64, sweetest oh, song ever. An yeah. incredible song. Obla oh, Di Blada, a bop. Like, <laughs> so I good. love Paul's granny shit. So, yes, John. I agree with that. I love the granny shit. Um, and I guess my last thing, this isn't really controversial, but just like a... A statement and kind of what I've realized talking about this I think how you were saying controversy kind of adds to the longevity of like a group I think so much of the longevity of the Beatles is just how like every person not every person but so many people that have like picked up an instrument are like I picked this up because of Paul mm-hmm. like because he played the bass so I'm picking up the bass because like even like I didn't really I picked up the harmonica because I was like oh like that's so cool that John Lennon plays the harmonica like I want to do that Ugh. Um, so I, I think so much of like why I enjoy being a Beatles fan is that it like it lives on through like other musicians and like I like wanted to write songs because I was like, yeah, the Beatles, like I want to write songs too. I don't know. 
I think my, it's not even controversial, but I think one of the biggest reasons that they live on, other than the fact that their music's good, mm-hmm. but lots of people make good music, I think it's just because it speaks to people's hearts for some reason and it inspires them to pick up an instrument and just like create their own stuff. So that's that. Totally. I started out in a mean place <laughs> by saying the White Album's bad and then I got there. <laughs> yeah, okay, Gianna. That was not that me. Perfect. Kearney? Uh, um, I do have one that I feel very passionate about. Go for I'm it. excited. Controversial yet brave, I should have been given the solo in Here Comes the Sun <laughs> in my elementary school <laughs> concert at the end of the year. Um, and the fact that I wasn't is blasphemous. Get him, I had the most spirit. I had the most passion. Was I the best singer? Absolutely not. But could I have pulled that solo up? Yes. Yes. Wait, who got Wait, it? Who's asked we have to kick for not, not giving the solo? teacher? My elementary, um... What music teacher? Oh my god, I forget his name. He was like this, like, nerdy white boy with glasses. <laughs> so of okay. course you were singing was the probably like choir. 24 years old, yeah. Um, and this was also in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, so you have to go I, all the way. No, we take the trip. We got it. We got it. <laughs> I love it. And I also agree. Is that even controversial? That no, you should have I don't gotten think it the not, But it is brave for you to say it. <laughs> it is brave. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Amazing. And Here Comes the Sun is a great song. It is. And that's it what is. Shit slaps. Amazing. Wow. What a good controversial. That's good. Gianna, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. Um, I love you. I'm sure Aaron and Karen got to know you and now they love you. Yes, Our listeners thank will love you. you. For having so me. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. And giving me like an outlet to talk about something that like only dads usually talk about. <laughs> dads and music. You know, because no one wants to hear me talk about this. So thank you for giving me an outlet to just express. <laughs> and, and the listeners appreciate it. Would like love to hear you talk about this. And that's why we invited you. Um, <laughs> and I know the listeners will love you so much and wanna hear more from you and see more of you. So where can wow. they do that? Sure. Um, I am now on the social medias. Um, it's just usually at my name. So G-I-A-N-N-A-P-O-R-F-A-N-O. Jonna Perfano. Very Italian. Yeah, baby. On Instagram, YouTube, anywhere. Um, and my also my website, too. So if you really are interested, that's where to find me. Yay! Oh, Thank yay! you! Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. Special thanks to our producer, Madeline Parks, and our music producer, Kiara Negroni. Follow us on Instagram at formerfangirlpod and on Twitter at formerfan underscore pod. You can email us at formerfangirlpod at (laughs) gmail.com. You can find me. (laughs) We haven't done this in so long. You can find me, Erin, on Instagram and Twitter at Erin Browning with an extra G on the end. You can find me, Karen, on Twitter and Instagram at KJessicaStewart. And you can find me, Juliana, on any social media platform at Juliana Mans. That is at G-I-U-L-I-A-N-A-M-A-N-C. And you can find the professional staff on my website at www.julianamancini.com. That is www.com fucking hell <laughs> www.giulianamancini.com <laughs>